Section 15 of According to Promise. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. According to Promise by Charles Spurgeon. Section 15. I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Acts chapter 27, verse 25. Paul had received a special promise, and he openly avowed his faith in it. He believed that God would fulfill every detail of that promise. In this way, he set to his seal that God is true. We are each one of us bound to do this with those words of the Lord, which are suitable to our case. This is what I mean by the headline endorsing the promise. A friend gives me for the orphanage a check which runs thus. Pay to the order of C.H. Spurgeon the sum of ten pounds. His name is good and his bank is good, but I get nothing from his kindness till I put my own name at the back of the check or draft. It is a very simple act. I merely sign my name and the banker pays me. But the signature cannot be dispensed with. There are many nobler names than mine, but none of these can be used instead of my own. If I wrote the Queen's name, it would not avail me, or if the Chancellor or Exchequer placed his signature on the back of the document, it would be in vain. I must myself affix my own name. Even so, each one must personally accept, adopt, and endorse the promise of God by his own individual faith, or he will derive no benefit from it. If you were to write Miltonic lines in honor of the bank, or exceed Tennyson in verses of praise of the generous benefactor of the orphans. It would avail nothing. The choicest language of men and of angels would count for nothing. What is absolutely requisite is the personal signature of the party who is named as the receiver. However fine might be the sketch which an artistic pencil might draw upon the back of the draft, that also would be of no sort of service. A simple, self-written name is demanded, and nothing will be accepted instead of it. We must believe the promise, each one for himself, and declare that he knows it to be true, or it will bring us no blessing. No good works or ceremonial performances or rapturous feelings can supply the place of a simple confidence. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Some things may be or may not be, but this must be. The promise may be said to run thus, I promise to pay to the order of any sinner who will believe on me the blessing of eternal life. The sinner must write his name on the back of the draft, but nothing else is asked of him. He believes the promise. He goes to the throne of grace with it, and he looks to receive the mercy which it guaranteed to him. He shall have that mercy. He cannot fail to do so. It is written, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And so it is. Paul believed that all in the ship with him would escape because God had promised it. He accepted the promise as ample security for the fact, and acted accordingly. He was calm amid the storm. He gave his comrades sage and sensible advice as to breaking their fast, and in general he managed matters as a man would do who was sure of a happy escape from the tempest. Thus he treated God as he should be treated, 
namely with unrelinquishing confidence. An upright man likes to be trusted. It would grieve him if he saw that he was regarded with suspicion. Our faithful God is jealous of his honor, and cannot endure that men should treat him as if he could be false. Unbelief provokes the Lord above any other sin. It touches the apple of his eye and cuts him to the quick. Far be it from us to perpetuate an infamous wrong towards our Heavenly Father. Let us believe him up to the hilt, placing no bounds to our hearty reliance upon his word. Paul openly avowed his confidence in the promise. It is well that we should do the same. Just at this time bold outspoken testimonies to the truth of God are greatly needed and may prove to be of sevenfold value. The air is full of doubt. Indeed, few really and substantially believe. Such a man as George Muller, who believes in God for the maintenance of two thousand children, is a rare personage. When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Therefore let us speak out. Infidelity has defied us. Let no man's heart fail him. But let us beat the giant with a sling and stone of actual experience and unflinching witness. God does keep his promise, and we know it. We dare endorse every one of his promises. Ay, we would do it with our blood, if it were needful. The word of the Lord endureth forever, and of this we are undaunted witnesses, even all of us who are called by his name. End of Part 15